Do you ever find yourself questioning if you're drinking too much? Do you find yourself scouring the internet for ideas on how to cut back? Do you fear that the fun will be over if you quit drinking? Decidedly Dry will teach you that you actually don't need alcohol to lessen your anxiety and stress. You absolutely don't need it to survive motherhood. And friend, you are absolutely not alone in this. This isn't just a podcast. It's a sober, curious movement. If you're ready to see how good life is beyond the wine bottle, you are in the right place. Hey, I'm Jess, a coffee slurping, messy bun wearing boy mom who strives to keep it real and bring a smile to your face. For years, I felt like I was living two different lives. By day, I was the fitness enthusiast, protein drinking mom who managed to get all the things done. But once the clock hit five o'clock, the cork was popped, the glass was full, and mom was checking out. This constant back and forth between fit mom and wine mom became utterly exhausting. I finally realized that in order to be the healthy, creative, joyful mom that I knew I could be, I needed to break up with booze. I created a plan that fit me, one that reinvented self-care, focused on the good, and gave me a life that I did not want to check out from. Now I am on a mission to help you create a life that you absolutely love. It's time to turn down the drinks and turn up the joy, babe. Grab yourself a cup of coffee and let's do this. Well, hello, my dear friends, and welcome to another new episode of Decidedly Dry. Today, I have a great episode for you. I am interviewing a sober sister of mine. Her name is Desiree Hull. Desiree is a stay-at-home mama of five, yes, you heard that correctly, five kiddos over in Rhode Island. She removed alcohol from her life in January of 2021, and just three short months into her sobriety, she decided to go after her master's. And if that wasn't enough, while she was attaining her master's, she also got certified as a recovery coach. She is incredible, you guys, and what I love about her story is she is yet another fierce, empowering mama doing such good things in her sobriety. I love these conversations. Not only do I love them just because they are great and they are fun for me to do, but these are examples of women that, like I said, are doing really good things. I think So many times we think that our life is going to be boring without alcohol, that we will be missing out on things and it'll just be dull and and we'll regret this big decision. But you guys, these conversations, these people that I have the pleasure of interviewing here at the show, they're doing things that you can do too. And I think they are walking, talking, beautiful people that show us what is possible. So enjoy this chat. Make sure to check the show notes for any links to things that we talk about and how you can get a hold of Desiree. And thank you for pushing play today. Welcome back to the show, you guys. This is Jess here with Decidedly Dry. And today I have Desiree here. Hi, Desiree. Hi, Jess. How are you? I'm so good. It's so good to see you. Same, same. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We were uh, just connecting because both Desiree and I were part of Sober Mom Squad, but it's been, gosh, way too long since we've been able to connect. So I'm so honored to have you here to share your story and talk to 
the listeners. So thank you. Yes, thank you. All right, my friend. Well, this is where I hand over the mic and you get to kind of tell listeners who you are. So if you want to tell them if you have kids, where you live, what you do for fun, all that good stuff. Sure. Um, so I'm Desiree. Um, I am a mom of five. Um, my kids have a huge range, um, 18, 11, 7, and my twins are four. Um, I'm in the tiny state of Rhode Island. Um, it's really beautiful here. We have, you know, the beaches and stuff like that. Um, not working right now, but a mom is a full-time job, of course. Um, I am currently in school um, to get my master's for faith-based counseling. And in the interim, I got um, my coaching certification for recovery coaching. So that's what I'm doing right now. And I love that you pointed out that being a mom is literally a full-time job because sometimes we cut ourselves short. We're like, well, I don't have like a job job, but oh my gosh, we do it all during the day. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm looking at my list. I always have my notes next to me. And our next question is kind of just, you know, what's your history with alcohol? So we obviously met in sober mom squad. So you know, I know there was some history there, but um, I'd love to hear kind of when you started drinking, when your relationship with alcohol changed, anything you want to share on that? Sure. Um, so alcohol wasn't actually my first drug of choice. Um, I was a big party girl. I started um, doing all the party drugs back when I was probably like 15, 16 years old, um, was living in Florida. Um, and I actually, I started reading my journals when I first got sober and I had written in there the first time I had ever drank alcohol. I said it wasn't for me um, Mm. because my dad was an alcoholic and I was always so afraid to, I guess, end up like him. Um, So it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a big thing for me in in the beginning. Um, But I, you know, I went to college, dropped out of college um, because of my party life. And then, um, you know, once I became a mom and an adult, I was like, oh, well, you know, alcohol is, is the thing to do once you're older and it's acceptable. Um, so left all the party stuff behind and um, started drinking. And it wasn't every day at first. Um, it was, you know, to unwind at the end of the day. Um, it was mostly at parties at first, you know, the typical, the baby showers, the weddings, like all the fun stuff. And then, um <clears throat> As years went by, I noticed it was like, uh, like, hey, you had a tough day. You've been up since, you know, five o'clock this morning and um, you're an adult and it's time. So you, you can have a drink, you know, it's totally fine. Um, and then it became a daily thing. And that's when it got really scary. So, um, yeah. yeah, it was probably, I think it was like 2019, I became curious. Um, but I didn't, I didn't even know where to go. I honestly thought that everybody drank. Right. Right. <laughs> it was so forefront. It was, you know, it was, it was just a part of life. Um, I, yeah. I don't even know how another way to express it, but, um, the end of 2020 is when I finally went and saw a therapist and that was a game changer for me. Um, mm-hmm. he helped me see a lot of things. He shed some light. And I think the thing that he said the most, which has always stuck with me and I say to everybody else is, um, your outside world will change when your inside world does. And mm-hmm. that was what kind of gave me my, my huge mindset shift to, yeah. to quit. So, Well, and you're so right, because I feel like, especially as moms, like mm-hmm. 
we look around and that's all we see, you know, is mom rewarding herself with that glass of wine at the end of the night. And our culture has kind of brainwashed us to think like everybody does it, you know? And I remember in my drinking days, it was like, if I met someone that wasn't drinking, I was programmed to think that was weird, (laughs) you know? And it's so bad (laughs) looking back on it now. I feel like I need to write some apology notes. Like, I'm so sorry. I get it now. (laughs) But, um, I'm so glad that you had such a good experience with that therapist too, because sometimes even when we talk to some doctors, not giving anyone a bad reputation, but it gets overlooked. Some people don't think it's an issue. So I'm so glad that you had such a good experience and that those words really kind of what I'm assuming pushed you to kind of make the changes that you knew you wanted to make. Yeah. Yeah. It was really hard. Um, You know, I was trying to do it all by myself at first, of course. Um, because, you know, we do all the things that we feel like we have to do all the things by ourselves. And then I didn't want people to think like I had a problem and, you know, all the things that go through your head. Um, and, um, I tried moderating on my own and that just didn't work. I had nobody hold me accountable. So if I messed up, it didn't matter. You know what I mean? Um, so what, what were those first few days like? So you decided, I'm assuming there was a day where it was like, okay, enough is enough. I got to make that change. What did you try? Like those first few days, were there tools that you had in place? Was there, was that when you joined sober mom squad or what were you doing to try to remove it? Yeah. Um, so I was, I was actually trying to moderate from the time, the end of 2020 when I was with my therapist, um, until the beginning of January, 2021. And, um, he had actually told me like, you've been moderating, but like not much is changing. You know, you actually just have to make the brave, bold change to just quit. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. this is not for you. Then he reminded me of my past. Like, this is just, this is your pattern of behavior. Like you're an addict. Um, And so he said that, and then it was almost like, I don't know, it was just weird. Like I I started, I think it was this naked mind that I listened Mm -hmm. to first. Um, going on power walks and um, that book really just showed me like uh, alcohol is another drug does yeah. like you can't do it um, because it, it's just so accepted it, that was just the thing in my brain that said it, you know people do it so it's okay right um, and it's that really shed a lot of light um, after about two weeks of me being sober he kept stressing the fact of you need community you really need yeah. community. And I'm like, why? I'm doing this all by I'm myself. doing great. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was very particular about the kind of community that I wanted. And he had kept sending me different communities. And I'm like, no, that's not really fitting. That's not really fitting. And I'm like, I want women only. I want to be able to go mm-hmm. online when I can because I can't really leave my house. I don't have any to watch twins. Um, and I, I was just scrolling literally on Instagram. And I think it's when Silver Mom Squad hit the, the Today Show. Oh and, yeah. Yeah. And I just, I saw it and I, I signed up right away. I didn't even, I had no idea they even had free meetings. <laughs> so like, great. I'm in. <laughs> um, so between finding community, which was, I always say it's like the piece of the puzzle that I kind of put everything together, um, yeah. going on meetings and hearing other women that were speaking how I felt mm-hmm. was just so amazing to me. Like I just did not feel alone anymore. Um, I wasn't scared. Like it was just, it felt really, really good to just know that other people 
felt and thought the same things that I did. Right. Um, right. So power walking, working out, um, those are big staples in the beginning and, and meetings, meetings. I had these headphones on everywhere. Yeah. Well, (laughs) and I feel like when you find something that works in the beginning, you just latch on. It's like, okay, like this is what's working right now. And I remember those meetings were so, they were life-changing because like you said, just hearing other women be so vulnerable and speak their truth. I mean, some of my closest sober friendships have been or, or were created in those communities, in those rooms. And some I haven't even met in real life, but it's just, you appreciate people's truth, you know, and, and just being so open and relatable. So oh, I feel you on that. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Like I, that I have true friendships right now over, over something that was just so toxic. Like, yeah, you know, and it's just, it was meant to be in our, in our lifetime, you know, to, to meet these people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. How have your tools shifted? I mean, have you, are you still attending meetings when you can? Are you doing other things now that you're further in your sobriety? I'm just curious. I am. So I'm a little over two years. Um, my sober date is January 27, 2021. Um, <clears throat> and I do start to feel um, certain tools not working anymore, or I actually like, they just kind of fall off and you don't even notice and you pick up yeah. other tools. Um, but a very big staple that I have had is um, going to church now. Um, I've always gone, but I was kind of a sporadic church goer. Um, and now I go all the time. I'm part of a women's group. Um, I'm also part of um, a group called Embrace Grace. And it's where we help um, single pregnant moms kind of navigate through their um, pregnancy journey. And we're just there to support them and be with them. Um, and we throw them like a baby shower and stuff. And it's super cute. So it's all wow. still about... Um, you know, just being there in a community. It's all still small communities that really, really help. Um, I love that. I love mm-hmm. that. And I'm glad you pointed that out too, because so often in our journey, our tools do change, you know, and like you said, sometimes we don't even notice that it falls off, but we've just gotten in our groove and we grow stronger and maybe we don't need that one anymore. But I love that you are putting yourself out there and in getting involved in different communities. Cause I think by keeping ourselves busy, but also, you know, giving back and filling our hearts can, can really keep us focused. So I love that you yeah. mentioned that. Absolutely. Yeah. Serving people, I guess that's like my so thing. Good. <laughs> so good. I know it's, it's, it's almost like we get addicted to that. You know, it's like we replace it with a healthier, a healthier option. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I would like to know big or small, what were some of those big benefits that you started to experience when you, once you removed alcohol, like, were there things that you just started noticing about yourself, whether they be internal, external things you were achieving, whatever you'd like to share on that. Yep. Um, so my biggest one and my most favorite is sleep. (laughs) Same, same. (laughs) (laughs) I did not realize how much my sleep was interrupted by alcohol until alcohol was not a part of my life. Like I, I love sleep. <laughs> I love Same. it now. I cherish it. I'm not waking up at 3 a.m. Um, drinking water, you know, Googling if I'm an alcoholic, like it, all the things. But sleep is by far my favorite. Um, other little things, gosh, I feel like I can take up more space now. Um, I, I speak my I speak my voice when I need to. Um, my confidence has, you know, come up a lot. 
um, yeah, those are like the three that really come forth for me. Um, yeah. I related to the sleep one. Oh my gosh. Cause I too was the 3am wake up call, go get something to drink out of the fridge. And then just Googling for like an hour, like what are the negative effects of alcohol? How do you know if you drink too much, you know, and just, I feel like one of the main reasons, especially in the beginning that I stayed sober was to protect that sober sleep. I just was obsessed with this new sleep that I was given. So I felt you on that. (laughs) Well, let's keep moving. I want to know kind of what your new hobbies and accomplishments and other things that you welcomed. So you mentioned that you're a part of a couple different communities, but what else is going on in your life now because of your sobriety, because of this big, I don't know, I kind of look at it as a a lifestyle upgrade. It absolutely is. Um, So I've journaled my whole life and I had a very big gap period um, between probably age 18 to 25, because I still have all my old journals. Like I said, I had read through them. Um, so one of the biggest things and one of the biggest tools that I had in the beginning was going back to journaling. And it was actually your journal that I purchased first <laughs> um, to get me back in <laughs> because I I loved it because it was just, it was simple and it didn't feel overwhelming. And it just helped me to dig deep and find gratitude again, but also be able to like write a little bit about my day. Yeah. So it was just perfect. And now I'm just writing all the time. Um, I actually... So I'm kind of writing a book, but I don't like to say that I'm writing a book because I don't know if I'll ever publish it, but it's kind of for me. So it's, um, right. I've been doing like daily devotionals um, and just kind of picking like the Bible scripture and then just writing um, how I feel about it and um, how it goes along with my journey through addiction. Um, and that's been really healing and beautiful. Um that yeah, I'm still in school um, for my master's degree, faith-based counselor. Um, that was something that they say not to make any big decisions your first year. And three, <laughs> three months in, I decided to go back to school. Um, so I still, I had like that huge anxiety in the beginning of like, oh my gosh, this is going to take forever. And mm-hmm. I was like mad at myself that I wasn't getting there fast enough. And my husband one day was like, did you think you were going to attain your master's in a year? And I was like, you're right so now I'm kind of like (laughs) I'm like I'm really enjoying the ride with it now I'm I'm sitting I'm learning um writing yeah it's been it's been good I have um the recovery revival um is my website um it's like I said before I also got certified for coaching Mm -hmm. um so I've been doing that I have a couple of people that I see and that has been great because on days that I don't feel like so motivated to just be able to breathe life into people that's what motivates me and that just keeps my day going so it's really beautiful Mm -hmm. and just I mean hearing you share all that I just get this this feeling of like I don't know peace you know I love that you mentioned how you're you're working on this book, but you don't know if it's going to turn into something. You haven't put a deadline on, you haven't, you know, set these expectations that this needs to turn into something, you know, period or by a certain date and in even school, you know, like, no, I'm going to enjoy it, you know? And I like that shift. I don't know. I feel like for me, when I was drinking, it was very much like, go, 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 like have to do this by this time. And just constantly, like, I don't want to say stressed, but there was always a lot of pressure 
And now Mm -hmm. I feel like alcohol, when you are free from alcohol, there's freedom in other areas of your life too. And just this like overwhelming sense of peace. So I like that you haven't put that deadline or pressure on yourself and you can kind of just enjoy it and live in the moment. There really is. Yes. There is a, there is a piece like surpasses all understanding. Um, when you remove alcohol from your life, it removes that anxiety. Cause I'm, I'm very much like a checklist person. I have to get all the stuff done all the time. (laughs) And as, as my journey has just kind of flowed, I noticed that like, I'm like, okay, you don't have to check all the boxes today and that's okay. Like you've done more than enough. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. oh, I love that. Well, this wasn't a question I emailed you ahead of time. So I hope I'm not pulling a wild card on you, (laughs) but I would love to know, you said that before you got sober, you were kind of a a sporadic church goer. Is that how you kind of put it? Like it was just here and there and all over. And, and now I can feel that you have become, I don't know, just more, would you say that your relationship is stronger with God now? And you are, you know, more of a woman of faith. How has that shifted in sobriety? I'm curious. Yeah. Um, so what, so to just to give you a backstory, um, I've always been a believer. Um, it was instilled in me. I was, I was actually um, raised in the Catholic church, went to Catholic school for a couple of years. Um, and when I was 15, actually like right at the start of my drug phase, um, I went to a retreat called what would Jesus do? Mm -hmm. And, um, it was there that I was baptized and I had, this amazing experience that just nobody can take it away from me. Um, I just remember going back into the water and it was almost like all time stood still. And I could see my hair flowing like next to me. And it was just like this beautiful bright light. And I felt like I was down there forever and it was just Mm. peaceful and serene and just beautiful. And when I came back up, I asked the person who baptized me how long I was down there for. And they just kind of looked at me like weird. Then we gave each other a hug and like, it was just that. Um, I went back home. I was very excited to tell all my friends about what happened, this main yeah. experience. And of course, I was shut down by everybody because mm-hmm. we're kids at the time. And, you know, they, it just now looking back, they just, they weren't my people, obviously. Right. Um, so because I was a kid and I still wanted that acceptance so bad, I just went back to doing what I was doing and yeah. partying. But because I had that experience, I think that that was just always with me. Um, so anything that I did, um, I really felt really bad about it. Um, and um, I, I would try to go back to church every once in a while, but like nothing ever really felt right. Um, and then when I got sober, it was just one of those things that like, he was always there. Mm-hmm. He was waiting for me. Um, I had to come to him. And I feel like when I broke the chains of addiction, that's when I was finally able to just kind of like run at him full force and say like, I'm here, I'm back and I'm, I'm ready. You know, I'm just ready to live this peaceful life that you've been trying to give me all along. Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. I wonder, did you ever find out how long you were down there in the water? No, it probably was a split second to be honest with you. Um, because he, yeah. Looked at you like you were crazy and you're like, no, I'm serious. I really want to know. (laughs) I like, I felt like I was down there for a pretty long time, but it was like all time stood still. Like that's the best way I could explain it. And it's kind of like the same thing with our sober journey, right? Like you can't really 
explains to the person how great sobriety is unless they've experienced it. And it's like the same thing with anything spiritual that happens. It's like it has you have to like kind of go through it in order to fully understand the power of it. So I couldn't have said it better. And I mean, that's it. Like you can provide them information and hope and examples and kind of be a walking example, but people have to go through it themselves to experience that. And they have to be ready too on their own timeline, because I think there are so many similarities, especially with faith and with sobriety and just any real, real big journey in your life. It's hard when you want it so badly for someone, but you know, you can't force it. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Mm -hmm. All right, my friend. Well, looking forward, I would love to know kind of what this new chapter of your life is, is kind of creating for you. Like what, what do you have down the road that you still have on your bucket list or things you want to achieve? I mean, you're still in school, right? We're still working on Mm -hmm. that, (laughs) but is there Mm -hmm. anything else that, uh, you kind of have on your list that you want to check that box? Um, probably just traveling, traveling. I eventually would like to do, um, mission work um with my church um they go to Guatemala and Peru that's like a yeah that's like a like a five-year plan um yeah just kind of just staying present in the moment is the biggest thing I did the Grand Canyon for my 40th birthday and um like that just outside of the country is like 4D to me like it's so beautiful over there like I just got back from California too and I kept seeing like it looks fake like it, yeah. everything is so beautiful that it looks fake exactly <laughs> did you go to how far into the train or the can if I can talk canyon I'm blending our words now the Grand Canyon was it like a camping trip was it just kind of a hiking thing yeah, no, we just went, we went for the day. We, um, oh, we flew cool. into Las Vegas. Yeah. We get, we get snippets of time together. So we had a, a kind of a long weekend without the kids. Um, and we did like an excursion. Some, so we did Vegas. I did Vegas sober, which was awesome. Woo-hoo! Um, yep. And then we drove over to the Canyon. We saw the Hoover Dam in between. Um, and then, yeah, we came back. We just did, did stay out there. We were supposed to do the helicopter rides, but it was already booked by the time we got there, which was yeah. fine. It's totally fine. Just kind of just being there and in the moment, um, yeah. just meditating. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Canyon is surreal. It is. It's one of those mm-hmm. things where you see it and you're just like, I feel like it's just a backdrop, like a poster, like mm-hmm. a huge, just like tapestry. Cause it does not feel real, but it's so beautiful. Oh, I'm glad you got to experience that. Well, We are already at the end, which I feel like we could keep talking. I've loved, loved, loved hearing all of your story and just all of your good wisdom that people are going to take away from this episode, but I'd love for you to leave one more little tidbit for everyone. So to the one person or many that are listening and feeling inspired to make a change, what advice would you give them? Um, let's see. You don't, um, there's, there's a quote that I love, um, you don't have to be great to start, but you have to start to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that was always the big thing for me was that I felt like I had to perfect everything in my life before moving on to the next course. And that is just not what life is all about. Um, we just have to keep moving um, and learning and growing as we go because nothing's perfect <laughs> and nothing will ever be perfect. Um, so yeah, so just, you have to just start, 
start wherever you're at in your life um, and you will take off from there and everything will start to fall into place. I promise. I love that. Such good advice. Well, I will have all of your contact info that you shared with me in the show notes, but where's the best place for people to reach out? Is it your website? Is it on social media? Where they, where can they get a hold of you? Um, on social media, I'm on Instagram um, at recovery um, underscore the under dash thing revival. Um, my website is my recovery um, I have a Facebook page as well. Um, I think that's recovery revival as well. <laughs> I think there's another one. Um, so I don't know if there's a 22 after it. I can't remember. Um, you know what? It's going to be in the notes. <laughs> don't even stress, right? One thing at a time. <laughs> well, that's right. It has been a pleasure. Thank you for taking the time. And you guys will have to go check out everything that she's doing at her website and on Instagram. We'll have it linked below. So thank you again for being here. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you for having me. 